state a city or you cream or you cream a multitude of people i mean it's just like like you put all the off, offensive players in one bag and i just take a baseball bat and beat on the bag so each time he came over there i tried to tear his damn head off let's play some football let's play some football the pressure is on this is off the edge on tide 100.9 focus on what you want to do what you want to accomplish Think about that. Don't think about how you feel, how tired you are, how hot it is. You gotta push yourself on the field when you're playing football. It's my honor to present the national championship trophy to Coach Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. To me, this is the ultimate team. All these guys bought into everything they needed to do to be the best players that they could be. There's more togetherness on this team than almost any team that we've ever had. And they had to overcome and persevere so much adversity through this season. And they've done it magnificently. And I'm so proud of this group for what they've been able to accomplish in going undefeated and winning the national championship. Streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the Tide 100.9 app. Here is your host of Off the Edge, Jacob Harrison. Hello there. Good morning. Welcome in to Off the Edge. Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide. Sports, Jacob Harrison here, digital managing editor of Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. That's Joe Gaither, brand manager, Tide 100.9. Got Nathan and Mason behind the board helping us out today. Plenty to get into. We're going to talk with our friend Joey Blackwell in about 11 Minutes get his thoughts on many different things around the world of sports. But also, and this is where I'm going to start. I think we live in like the, the the best time in the world for entertainment. Last night, and yesterday was a pretty big day for Disney Plus all the way around. I mean, uh, Doctor Strange comes out. It's available uh, in the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm just saying, between that you know, I, I know Kendall joked about this earlier. I didn't have, he didn't have any time to watch the the Stanley Cup game last night because he's watching Kenobi. But I mean, the fact that you've got that many kinds of things to to choose from, and and even still in the background, everything that's going on in the world of of college sports, the fact that recruiting right now is is such a big topic, where so much is happening. So many guys are making their commitments. So many guys are getting their first offers. There's so much going on in that space. And while recruiting is a landscape that I don't quite understand as well as maybe like the NFL draft or anything that, that actually happens on the field, it's such a broad and, 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 and chaotic kind of space. But the fact that you have so many th- different things to choose from, like, I feel like, honestly... <laughs> To, to be bored is to choose to be bored. I, I tell my kids that a lot now is you're, you're not, you're not bored. You're choosing to, to not find something else to do. You know, you've got 
way too many different options. It's just last night had a ball watching all of that, but now getting back into the You weren't watching hockey? I was not watching hockey. Dang. Uh I, I I'm just kidding. The the lightning are down right now, right? Like three to the, one. Three to one, yeah. Makes sense. I mean they won the past two. You think they're gonna come back? No. They, they're not gonna pull it off. No. Nope. Colorado Avalanche, Stanley Cup champions. Nathan gave the the nod of approval as well. I guess uh what when is the next game? Uh Friday, I believe. For, uh for Friday night, I, I believe. Oh, well then I might I might watch it. I might I might not have uh much else to do. We'll see. Maybe uh watch the, the Colorado Avalanche either hoist the Stanley Cup or be one step further away. Yeah, tomorrow at seven. With getting back to the recruiting thing though, the 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 landscape of it, like I said, can be a tad bit overwhelming and it can also kind of lie to you and this is where I wanted to go Tuesday but then the Deshaun Watson thing happened (laughs) with the offensive line right we've already seen uh Wilkin Formby the Northridge High School product make his commitment we're talking about uh pancake honcho we're talking about guys like uh, Caden Proctor, the, the second overall player at his position. Uh, Francis Moigola. Moigola. Alabama is making a very, very strong, very, very obvious attempt, I think, to right the wrongs of the past when it comes to this offensive line. However, there is a part of me that, that acknowledges, hey, you're putting in the effort to, to try to rectify something that has been, honestly, a pretty big problem for this team since 2020. And I know that that's like one season. I'm not I'm not crazy here, but if you allow this to linger for too long, you're going to have some serious, serious problems. The fact that you've got all these offensive linemen here and really nobody is ready to step up and be a part of the starting five who was not already a starter last year outside of maybe J.C. Latham is quite concerning you know yesterday we talked about the the Heisman odds and again one thing that is going to be in Bryce Young's favor is the fact that he's gonna have to do more with less he's gonna have to do more than CJ Stroud with less around him than what CJ Stroud has and it's a it's a fact of matter this offensive line is not going to be better than it was last year I don't think so can it be just as good yeah because I don't think it was terrible, horrendous, like all these different words that we use to exaggerate the offensive line last year, think are are overdone. It They had their moments. The SEC championship game, they played lights out. So they're not incapable of playing well. And fact of the matter is that this schedule that Alabama has, not particularly difficult. So we're not going to feel how bad this offensive line is this year, I don't think. But as you head into the future and when you look at kind of next year's NFL draft where it's probably just going to be Javion Cohen and Emil Echior going and possibly not even that high, maybe second or third round for both of them unless Javion Cohen explodes the way I think he can and becomes a first-round product. When you replace them, then who's ready to step up? And it's just one big, massive question mark. And I know that's a question mark that we don't have to necessarily worry about right now, but it is one that Nick Saban has to worry about. And you can tell that he's putting in the effort to to kind of answer that question with these kind of guys, right? <laughs> Pancake Honcho, Samson, Okunlola, uh, and all of these guys. There's, there's an effort there. But what concerns me is that we had this conversation a few months ago, uh, and I think Cowboy brought it to, to the forefront as well, because when you look at you look at the nature of offensive lines in college football today, you look at the nature of these guys that come out of college. Again, two years ago, <laughs> despite the pandemic and and whatever effect that may have actually had on rankings, Alabama signed arguably the best offensive line class we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And despite now being in a position where Alabama needs 
more help at offensive line than any other position on the field, and that's the one place that can't be answered with guys who have been on campus for at least a year, at Alabama, that's a problem. At Alabama, that is that is not up to standard. Year two at Alabama, you got to be ready to go because dudes are leaving. <laughs> They've got to be replaced, and you're supposed to be ready to go to the, go to the NFL in the next two seasons. We ain't got time to sit around and and for you to develop in entirety, right? You've got to be pretty well developed by the time you get here and ready to go. That's the problem, though, is nobody develops like Nick Saban, and that means all the way down at the high school level, too. These offensive linemen come in, and they are just not ready. So what is Nick Saban kind of looking for? Look at these guys. <laughs> Look at these absolute mammoths, these behemoths. Francis, give, give it to me again. Moigola. Moigoa. 65330 Caden Proctor 67330 uh Pancake Concho Samson Okanlola 65305 uh our, our guy up here in Northridge Wilkin Formby 67300 These dudes are monsters and, and none of them none of them are listed as interior offensive linemen all offensive tackles Give me that strategy It sounds kind of video gamey not going to lie it sounds like something me and Mason would do in Madden <laughs> Or we just go get all offensive tackles and make them fit. <laughs> you say that, and, and I do agree with you to an extent. But I also think, you know, when you're looking a lot of, at a lot of these kids, like if you're the best of the best at your high school at offensive line, they're going to just put you at tackle. Exactly. Exactly. Well, th- th- prime example of this, TJ Ferguson. TJ Ferguson was a left tackle in high school. He's a guard here, right? JC Latham, <laughs> best left tackle in, in high school football the year he came out. He played guard primarily last year as a backup to Emil Echior and Javion Cohen. So you're going to get to fit in where you got to fit in. At six foot seven, you're probably going to play tackle. You're probably not going to play guard. At six five, you're interchangeable, right? You're shorter than six five. We're just going to line you up at center. You'd be all right. When it comes down to it, though, just go out and get badass offensive linemen. Go get just behemoth guys like this that changed the mold. I'm going to tell you, it, it blows my mind when I watch the NFL, when I watch college football, when I watch anything where a guy can be 6'6", 315, but he can't move another 6'6", six 315-pound six, human being. And I don't just mean stalemating. I mean getting driven back each and every time that he tries to have a rundown. But if you're that big in high school, you're getting kind of used to running people over. You're getting kind of used to plowing through people and you're honestly, you're big enough to contribute at that point. Remember what's going on with, with Tommy Brockermeyer was dude came in. He was small. He was lean. It's not a bad thing for an offensive lineman, but it wasn't necessarily ready to go out of the box. We need guys that can come in here and are ready to go. They, they are pre-made products that are ready to step on the field because this offensive line thing has to be solved now. It has to be solved right now. And good on Nick Saban for trying to to figure something out. Obviously, I mean, I, I've only talked about, you know, the top four or five guys. I mean, uh, there, there's plenty others to to go through. I mean, we got your uh, European player on the offensive line from a few weeks ago Allows. as well. So, I mean, you've got, you've got plenty of options, plenty of opportunities to continue. This defense is going to be fine. The recruiting on the defensive side of the ball has been insane. Recruiting at quarterback has been insane. Recruiting at running back has been insane. Wide receiver has been a little bit shaky, but it's got similar problems to offensive line where guys come in and they're just not ready yet. But at least there, production can be equated based off the talent of the quarterback sometimes. right? You got an elite guy at quarterback. You got elite play calling. You can get the most out of wide receivers who may not be the best. And when all else fails, you go get two guys out of the transfer portal and make it work. I don't, you can't necessarily do that on the offensive line. And there's not many other positions where that just is always going to be an option, uh, on, except for very few and far between on the defensive side of the ball. So my estimation, I'd say be excited about what, Al- what Alabama's doing, what Nick Saban's doing to address the offensive line in the 2023 recruiting class, but be cautiously optimistic because we're still learning about how these guys are getting into college, whether or not they're ready. All these seven-on-sevens, they're not being ready to to run block. But, hell, you look at this season, 
What have we heard about the the potential starting offensive line for the 2022 season? They're good run blockers and bad pass blockers. So it doesn't just come down to how they're trained and how they're evaluated. It comes down to what they're ready to do when they get here. And for this Alabama football team, you got to be really good at both, but you need to pass protect a lot better. Bryce Young, I said it yesterday, right? Bryce Young could do all those things that the shutdown man was trying to show me about Jake Coker. He does it every single game. And it, it amazes everybody, but in reality, it's just the kind of player that he is. Well, here's the thing. It'd be really nice if he didn't have to do that every single game. <laughs> It'd be really nice if, you know, one or two sacks a game, maybe one time he, he you know, escapes, rolls out. That dude is a pocket-passing quarterback with lethal accuracy and a, a beautiful deep ball. Give him the opportunity to be able to pull those things off, and you're not going to lose. You can't lose. There's nobody in college football that can beat the Crimson Tide when Bryce Young is able to play like Bryce Young and is not being terrorized in the backfield. No arguments. You can't bring one. Can't do it. We'll take a break. When we come back, talk with Joey Blackwell, beat writer for Bama Central here on Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Heat is on again today across central Alabama. A little in the way of relief in the form of cooling showers and storms. That'll change by early next week, but mostly sunny and hot conditions today and Friday. 98 today, time hot today, 70 today, 97 tomorrow. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 95 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Follow Off The Edge on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for live streams and instant analysis. Off The Edge with Jacob Harrison continues. Well, welcome back to Off The Edge. Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The second. We went to commercial. Mine, me and Joe both got notifications. Arch Manning has announced his commitment to play for the Texas Longhorns. Huckle! Oh, no. Joey Blackwell, I have to burn every question that I had for you. <laughs> because Arch Manning just took over the show. Reaction, <laughs> please, sir. Hook him hard. <laughs> Arch Manning to Texas. Yeah, you know, I, I uh, sorry, I wasn't really prepared for this, but I'll talk about it anyway. Um, you know, I we we all knew that it was going to be a fight between you know Alabama and Texas, that so they were gonna, probably going to be the two front runners in this conversation, you know, and. If I'm, a, if I'm a quarterback like Arch Manning, you know, I'm taking a look at who I'm going to be competing with at both schools. And no doubt that he could make an impact as a freshman at Texas. So he could come in and immediately start playing and probably getting some pretty good minutes there. Whereas at Alabama, of course, even with Bryce Young uh, probably gone after this season, he'd have to compete with you know, Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson. Both, of course, are very talented quarterbacks at their position as well. So, you know, if you're if you're wanting to get some playing action as a true freshman, you know, Arch Manning can definitely get that done at Texas. And so this doesn't really surprise me. We all we've all known that Steve Sarkeesian is a really solid recruiter. He did a really great job at it and has continued to kind of rebuild the Texas program out there. So none of this really comes as a surprise. That being said, you know, there's still time to flip him if uh, Nick Saban really wants to go after him. But, you know, it, it, right, as of right now, that decision looks like it's been made. He, he he must not want a championship, Joey Blackwell. <laughs> he, he must be, not want me want to win a title. <laughs> not not willing to do it. I for mean, the how tide. much nil money you think they paid him? <laughs> These are questions that are definitely going to be uh, asked by a lot of the Twitter mob uh, over the next uh, few hours. That is for sure. <laughs> well, uh, what what kind of gets me 
And some of the arguments that I have made against Texas is the fact that Quinn Ewers is still kind of the guy there. I mean, if he's got two years of eligibility, and if Texas is what that what Texas thinks they could be this year, then they've got a guy that they feel pretty confident in. Uh, and the que- the answer to that, by the way, on threes nil valuation for Arch Manning is three point one million dollars, which is absolutely absurd. Uh, number three in all of nil number one in all of high school football. But for the 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 fact of the matter, he, he was going to have to battle almost no matter where he went because yeah. of what exactly the, the, the nature of who is controlling college football from the quarterback perspective is a lot of rising. There's a lot of sophomores that'll be juniors next year. Uh, so I. He's just going to come into Bryant Denny next year and get beat by the tide. There you go. Hey, well, that is one aspect of this. <laughs> <laughs> but the 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 thing that kind of the blows me away is is it more so because of Sarkeesian than it is? It, it, does it have more to do with the the offense than than anything else? You think? Yeah, you know, I, I think he, you know, he probably does plug into that that offense maybe a little bit better than at, at Alabama. He, you know, Steve Sarkeesian kind of. Kind of built on what Lane Kiffin built at Alabama, and, and now what Bill O'Brien's working on now. And um, you know, I, I could definitely see you know, him wanting to go towards that more Steve Sarkeesian-led offense. You know, without the Bill O'Brien tweaks, you know, it's kind of a a, a run-and-gun style offense. But there's a really heavy emphasis on passing a little bit more than at least Alabama showed last year. Um, obviously, Bryce Young did a fantastic job, but there was a lot of running too. So. We didn't um, want you know, that drama queen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, I haven't. I, my, my phone is going ballistic with Twitter notifications, so I can't read. Wait to read uh, these same questions that are being asked by Joe over there on Twitter in about fifteen minutes when I get off of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, I'm scanning it trying to come up with ideas to, to continue the conversation. I think Clint Lamb, uh, our buddy, kind of makes a, a good point here with Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning being in the same QB room, a lot being led by Steve Sarkeesian. You know, it doesn't necessarily say that they're back, but the ability to land the last two near perfect uh, quarterback recruits that we have seen, it really has to say a lot about what Sark's got going on and whether or not Sark really can bring Texas back just by what he's done in the quarterback room. Well, it definitely took a big step today. And obviously, Quinn Ewers was obviously a huge addition for them as well. I'm interested to see what that competition is going to look like between the two. No doubt that'll be one of the biggest stories next offseason in college football is the quarterback um, room in Texas. Um, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. Um, and if, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see whoever wins out and then the other transfer to some other school after next season. But. Uh, or 2023, excuse me. But we'll uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Obviously, there's still there's still plenty of time in this recruiting cycle for things to you know be shaken up. Um, but you know, I I I, I really it, it's a little bit confusing because you know, kind of like you said, you know, I'm going to backtrack what I said earlier. I for, I kind of uh, forgot for a second that Quinn Ewers was at Texas for some reason. I was thinking other school, but um, uh, he he did start at Ohio State, which is one of yeah. those things that can kind of help out an Alabama fan that was worried about this. Is Quinn yeah. Ewers went up to Ohio State and then went back to Texas? Yeah, yeah, that's why. For some reason, I still had him labeled as Ohio State. My my brain thinks fried in June. Um, the Kenobi <laughs> uh, the Kenobi finale yesterday fried my brain. And I exactly, exactly. Um, Joey. This is just going to make uh, gas prices go up so much more. <laughs> Them Texas boys, they're going to they're trying to raise all that nil money to get Arch Manning. We're going to pay ten dollars a gallon. <laughs> you heard it here. That might be the best thing We're I've heard. Back. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, go like Texas we, cheaters. Falling off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> but two, I mean the the fact when Arch gets here, gets there. I should say. I've I've said Arch gets here so many times on this show. When, when Arch gets there, uh. Junior year or so, possibly, hopefully, hopefully by then Texas has joined the SEC. Uh, this is kind of the thing that, that Texas needs to really create some momentum getting into SEC play is to show that they can recruit with the big boys and actually be able to 
to develop in that process and having two guys back to back practically much like Oklahoma has had much like Alabama has had to be able to put guys in the NFL. Cause Quentin Ewers and Arch Manning are going to the NFL first round draft picks. I don't really have to argue a stance on that, but to be able to do that, that's going to help them tremendously once they do get to the sec, right? He's only good because of his name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it will, you know, SEC is, you know, kind of built up a, a in recent, you know, last year kind of slackened off a little bit, but over the past decade, it's known to have some of the best quarterbacks in the country and Arch Manning fits, you know, right into that. Um, no doubt that Steve Sarkeesian isn't thinking about next year. He's not even really thinking about next year, but he's thinking this year, but he's thinking about when Texas joined, joined the SEC and he's really starting to build a solid program. Texas, you know, doesn't really, isn't really highly ranked in recruiting rankings as of right now. I think, I think on the 24 seven, composite for 2023 they're currently 29 but obviously they'll jump up with arch manning's commitment but they already have five four stars in that class for next year um and no doubt like i said arch manning will boost them probably into the top probably top 15 um maybe even top 10 so um there's there's still of course a lot of you know a lot of recruiting to be done but you know if if they continue at the path they've been doing these past couple of years no doubt they're going to be rebuilt by the time they enter the SEC. Now, that being said, there's still going to be a really high-level competition that, that this Texas program hasn't quite seen in quite some time in the Big 12, but um, you really like their chances of at least making an impact early on. If you can't win a state championship in Louisiana, no way you can win an <laughs> SEC championship. <laughs> We're talking with Joey Blackwell at Blackwell Sports on the Twitter account. Beat writer for Bama Central, the the – the Sports Illustrated affiliate of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Well, I have to make a trip to Texas tomorrow, so I'll let you know if Texas is back when I get back uh, from my trip to Texas. I'm sure it'll feel just a tad bit more great over there. All right, all right, all right. Just because Arch is now going to be sporting the burnt orange. I'm going to hold out hope obnoxiously that it's just a one-and-done thing there, that that he he doesn't want to sit behind Quinn Ewers any longer. Uh, You know, maybe Quinn... You know, has has a rocky year where it's, where it's up and down his uh, his junior year, and he says, "You know, I got to come back for a senior year," <laughs> or or they just fall short of a natty, and, and Quinn Hewitt says, "I got to come back," and that just opens up the door, right? I mean, Jalen Jalen Milrow will already be in the NFL because he's one and done here, baby. He's 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 good. We're we're all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could I could definitely see that forecasting, and it, it all goes back to what Nick Saban's been saying about how you know the recruiting world is. is gotten much more difficult now because you're no longer just act, you know actively recruiting high school you know high school players you know you're also monitoring that transfer portal and when a player enters that portal you're you're trying to recruit them actively as well so the recruiting game never stopped before but now it's gotten even more even more interesting with you know no no you know immediate eligibility among transfers and now you throw an IL into the mix not that it can be used in recruiting but it's definitely a tool that can be used by wink, third parties <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wink, wink, exactly. And now that you have that factor, you know, it just goes to show that Saban's been, once again, has been kind of right this whole time. But staying internal, going back to Alabama, the quarterback room here, even with the loss of Arch Manning, it's not it's not really, to me, it's not something that you necessarily have to, to be overly worried about. Jalen Milrow, I'm very confident, is going to step in right after Bryce Young departs for the NFL to become a top three draft pick. Uh, mm-hmm. may be able to do it himself, be a first-rounder. Uh, and Ty Simpson, I, you don't get the full picture of one guy playing in one spring game, but mm-hmm. he looked really, really good. If I can look at you in one spring game and get a big feeling of, of Zach Wilson, who I know is not the most popular first-round quarterback in the past five years, but the fact that I can look at you and see traits of a second-overall pick, it speaks to, to the quality of, of what Alabama currently has in its quarterback room. And Eli Holstein is no, no chopped liver, you know, as a dude, That's what yeah. we wanted anyway, yeah, fairly high rate, highly rated guy. He's from Louisiana too, you know? So I feel like, uh, th- there's plenty to be excited about. If, if you were a fan like me of getting Arch Manning in Tuscaloosa, you really shouldn't be that bummed out that it's not going to happen. No, Alabama set a quarterback for, for a long time um, with, with obviously, like, you kind of, I don't want to you know, sound like a Brooklyn record repeating your points, but you're exactly right with Jalen Milrow coming in par- probably next year, and then you also have, you know, type Ty- Simpson really impressed at A-Day. And then, you know, Eli Holstein, like you said, you know, the, the guy, he, you know, the, 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 the sound like Chris Collins' words, here's a guy, you know, <laughs> 
as a had did obviously a fantastic job in high school and you know was really Alabama's top targeted quarterback uh, in this class. I mean, obviously Alabama went after Arch uh, after after Manning, but at the same time, you know that was probably I really think the whole team fits Alabama's system a lot better. Um, and uh, you know, obviously there's that name recognition with Manning. Everybody wants him. He's obviously highly coveted. Um, but at the same time, I think Alabama's in great hands with Holstein um, after these next couple of years here. Speak for yourself. We never wanted him. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, though, I mean, you, you mentioned it, though. Everybody wanted him. Now Texas has got him. They really don't have any further excuse. Like, you've, A, you've got to pull in a top three recruiting class. You, you, you get Arch. You, you've got to pull everybody else in with him, too. Uh, and now a lot of dominoes are going to fall in the quarterback recruiting class overall, but it it's also going to make a lot of dominoes fall, wide receivers, offensive linemen, so on and so forth. Uh, we were talking about offensive line recruiting in the first segment. Uh, that's a situation that's going to have to unfold now because a lot of guys are going to want to play with Arch. They're going to want to want to be able to say they're playing with this legacy player who is so highly touted. Uh, I mean, as highly touted as Andrew Luck and, and everybody else under the sun, you know, that, that is supposed to be that perfect quarterback uh, prospect. And it's really not just because of his last name. It's going to make a lot of things fall and not all of it's going to fall in Alabama's favor. Like there's there's positives to these things and negatives. And maybe the recruiting class of 2023 is it, it could be something that takes a hit just because Arch is going to be in Texas. Yeah, you know, Arch is definitely a player that you can build a team around, and he'll, you know, even if he's not directly involved in recruiting, he's the type of guy that you slap his name on the class, and it's going to naturally attract players, uh, particularly on offense. He's somebody you can look to for, you know, for longevity and staying power over these next few years, you know, should he stay at Texas after his freshman year, if he gets that starting job. So you really like Texas's chances of now that Steve Sarkeesian has him there. He can really kind of solidify that class and build it out and flush it out around him and kind of build up that team heading into when Texas joins the SEC. So um, it's a really, really big hit for them, not just because he's obviously the best player in that class, but also because of just everything you can do and the potential of being able to recruit around him now at this point. They just uh, showed on ESPN the the Mannings through the years and the colleges that they went to. Obviously, Archie and Eli both going to Ole Miss. Peyton being the defector and going to Tennessee. But now Arch really paving his own path by, you know, at least for that first year or two, being outside of the SEC. I wonder how Peyton and Eli kind of reacted to All this. they got to do is lay out all of Peyton's uh, Tennessee garb in the sun for a little while. Then it can be a hand-me-down. <laughs> I think they have to deep fry it. I think that's how you get that, that part orange. <laughs> Crispy. We'll have to ask our friends down in Auburn how they get their orange that color. Maybe they can help us out. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Another exciting uh -oh. element to this. Next July, we get the EA Sports College Football video game. Arch Manning's going to be in that. I don't, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this overall. I don't know if you've seen... Uh, kind of the latest developments of what's going on with the college football video game. Uh, I, I know that you're usually uh, the the Nintendo Switch guy that absolutely murders everybody at Mario Kart. But if you if you're ex <laughs> sex, as excited as I am about this thing, I mean, there's a there's a lot of developments going on with with them hoping that they are going to get the uh, the full actual rosters and and how the pay structure goes out to these schools. The fact they've got 120 schools already on board, and those that aren't are just waiting for. Uh, some legal clarity. It seems like we're going to get EA Sports College football back in a, a way that we're going to enjoy, and having guys like Arch Manning on the game is going to make it even better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I know I'm a Nintendo guy, but I've been saying for you know years now that if Alabama, if uh, EA ever came out with a college football game, that would entice me to get a new system. So I guess the PlayStation Five is in my is in my future. For you can find year. one um, if I can find one. Yeah, <laughs> I would have had one already. They weren't so daggum difficult to, to come by. But but anyway, no, that's a game that I'm really excited for. And and obviously having players like Arch Manning kind of take to the front. I mean, um, I, that's obviously going to drive sales for that game. But obviously, I'll just, I, uh, it, it, I'm really interested to see how that pay structure works. If they have, if we ever find out, you know, some good solid numbers on how that works out. But 
you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing as the UAB Blazers at, uh, at Protective Stadium. That's what I'm looking for. There you go. Hey, you, you start at the bottom, build up a powerhouse, then move on to the Power Five. That's the way we do it. <laughs> UAB, UAB National Championship 2023 through uh, 2031. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I like to hear the, the PS5 to that as well. I, I, I'm going to need guys to play with and, the more PS5s out there, the better. I got to get my hands on one too, but that's definitely going to be the system that I'm going to be playing this game on. I'm overly <laughs> excited for it. Uh, Joe posed this question to AJ Spur on Tuesday. Everybody has been subject to this question. You have to choose an Alabama enforcer. Basically, if fighting was legal in football as it is in hockey, who is the one guy on the Alabama Crimson Tide's current roster that you're choosing to be the enforcer, to go to bat, to be, to, to defend everybody on the team, to fight for everybody on the team, and to annihilate any opposers that would try to 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 belittle the Alabama Crimson Tide on the gridiron? I mean, is there any question that it's not Will Anderson? <laughs> Are you going to get him out there and get him hurt? Oh, no. You think he'd be getting hurt? He'd be hurting other people. <laughs> I mean, the, the the way that Joe and I have, have kind of framed this, because neither of us picked Will, is Alex Ovechkin's not out there fighting every single time. Sidney Crosby's not out there fighting every single time. You know, it, it can't always be the superstar. What about Dallas Turner? There you go. I think, yeah. I think that might be a good one. That, that, was, that was Joe's <laughs> choice. My, my choice was uh, JV on Cohen. Ooh, that's another good one. <laughs> Now I'm just thinking of massive human beings punching each other, and I'm grinning. Tim Smith. <laughs> yeah, Tim Smith was another good one. Mm. I think Justin Boigby would be a good one. Emil Echior might be. I think Emil Echior might be a, might be a solid one. No doubt. Just, uh, I wish Alex Leatherwood was still around, because I'd probably pick him. <laughs> TJ Ferguson? Oh, Mason with a good one. No, not Mason. I can't take credit for this. This was a caller that called in with it yesterday. Oh, Full disclosure. Kendrick Blackshire, though. Ooh. <laughs> that that dude looks ready to go into the WWE. I mean, <laughs> that's a good Jaylen one. Jalen Milrow probably could ha- handle his own, too. I, mean, I think Jalen Milrow. I know he's no a quarterback. Doubt. Not somebody that you – but, you know, he's, he's, he's second team right now. So he can put him out there to protect the, protect the guys until he takes the starting job. There you go. There you go. He's, he's got some velocity behind that right arm. I'll, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Back to something uh, semi-serious, I guess. I mean, it is sports. It can only get so serious. But uh, you, you wrote about the NBA draft the other day on BamaCentral.com. Tonight, the NBA draft, J.D. Davison, Keon Ellis, Jaden Shackelford. Uh, you you, you kind of posed the question, right? It, was a, it wasn't an article. It was a, a podcast between you and Katie and Tony. Uh, what, you know, what is kind of a successful NBA draft tonight for the Alabama Crimson Tide, the guys that are – Hoping to hear their names called tonight. What do you got? What what what's a uh, best case scenario for JD Keon and Jalen? Well, you know, I think the best case scenario, you know, for them is they have two players drafted. You know, I, I don't I don't see JD really jumping up to be a lottery pick, but he was projected to be, you know, heading into his freshman year. Obviously, if they were able to get him at a lottery pick, you know, that would be. I believe uh, four out of five seasons in a row, or something like that, that they would have had. They would have lottery picks taken in the draft, but I don't believe that's going to be the case now. Um, you know, his projections are typically high forties, you know, low fifties in, in, in picks. So I don't think he makes that jump. But I think a successful night for them would if they have both Ellis and JD um, Davison drafted. I don't see, you know, Jaden Shackelford in, in the projections right now looks like he's probably going to have to be an undrafted free agent or, or sign with the G League. Which is unfortunate, obviously. After after last season, a lot of people thought he was going to be a pretty highly touted pick, but I'm kind of slackened off last year. But you know, I, I, I you know, sum it all up. I really think that they need two guys to be drafted, no matter where they go or what picks they are, in order for these successful night. Both these players are obviously you know performed. Uh, Keon Ellis particularly performed really well last season. Um, he was a little shaky, you know, kind of on and off, but overall he was really hard on the defensive court, and then also was perform decent offensively. Jay Davidson is one of the most athletic guards in this draft, so um, he can wherever he goes, he can perform well, but he's just got to continue to be developed. And back here in Tuscaloosa, uh, a couple of days ago, Nate Oates was uh, asked about that 13th scholarship, and he said there's just nobody good enough that we want. 
that can that can take it. A reaction to, to NATO that's going in with 12 scholarship players this season? Well, you know, I, I think it shows how confident he is in the team that they currently have. You know, they obviously brought in a very, very solid, you know, freshman class coming in this year. They got some really decent transfers, you know, in, in Mark Sears. You have returners like Noah Gurley coming back, Charles Bediaco as well, Javon Quinley's coming back. Uh, Namari Burnett will be back after, you know, after having that, that injury last year. So you, you really like, I mean, to me, it shows his confidence in this team, which is really good. You know, you, you, it's, it's, you'd rather you have 12 out of 13 scholarship players and then stop recruiting because they're comfortable in who they have than for them to be actively still desperately trying to find another Um, Because that would show that they still think that there's holes that need to be filled. There's gaps in the roster and, um, I, I, I think that him saying that really shows how confident he is in what they have going on, and it makes me, you know, really excited for this upcoming season. Well, if there's one thing that we know about Nate Oates is he does not lack confidence. So if he, no, if he feels not. he's got 12 guys, he's got 12 guys. We're running with 12 guys. Don't question what Nate Oates is doing. He'll get it through. All right, the time is now. As spoiler free as you can. Reaction to the Obi Wan Kenobi finale. Last night, I, I, oh my god, I can't, I can't begin. My my entire mind is wrapped up in the the final duel there. Uh, the so many Easter eggs in there as well. The 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 he finally getting to say hello there. I felt that in my soul. I mean, come on, no, I, I loved it. What was your reaction? Well, you know, the first four episodes of the show, I, I kind of thought were a little lackluster. They didn't really provide. And there were some there were some pretty glaring plot holes in those first four episodes. But they did a really good job over these last two kind of filling in those gaps and kind of fleshing it out a little bit more. Um, I, I really thought the last night's, uh, yeah, last night's episode really kind of wrapped a bow on things. Um, there's still definitely some questions that were left unanswered, but, you know, um, there's rumors that there's going to be a second season, so maybe that'll help, you know, fill in a little bit. But overall, you know, I, I thought it was it's definitely my favorite Disney Star Wars show since The Mandalorian. You know, I thought the book of Boba Fett was a really big disappointment, so... Um, I'm really, I, I really liked it, and uh, hopefully everybody else liked it too. <laughs> no doubt about it. I mean, oh my, the emotions like Star Wars. Like, here's my thing because I liked all the episodes. I think the, the those first. I told Mason because uh, Mason hasn't watched any of it yet. Is those first four episodes are all the ground laying story for all the action in the last two episodes. It's the way that yeah. I kind of viewed it. Every time a plot hole came up, I'm like, well, surely they're going to find a way to to make that make sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think that they're going to do this show any harm because it, it it quite clearly, I mean, just from like the opening shots of the first episode, a show that's got excellent production and it's not just craziness. Uh, I also watched Dr. Strange last night. It suffered from that a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I saw Dr. Strange <laughs> night in theaters and I walked out of there being like, well, <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Good story is just, it looked like it was trying to be something that it wasn't with Kenobi. That was yeah. never the case. It, it felt like the soul of a Kenobi show that I had always wanted. So very proud of it. If there is no second season, I'm happy with it. But man, if you grew up on star Wars, you watched, uh, if you've seen the original trilogy and at least episode three, you're ready to watch it. And it is, it is perfect <laughs> all, all the way through. If you ask me. I haven't seen it. There's like an eight minute recap of the prequels at the very beginning. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> they knew some uh, some grumpy Gen Xer had never watched the the prequels. It was like, well, what happened? What? Where, how did we get here? <laughs> <laughs> That's not Alec Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite argument on the internet right now. By the way, is how does Obi Wan age that much in ten years? Like, you ever seen a president? before the way they <laughs> age in four years come on i mean hey if palpatine can do it in about 10 seconds obi-wan can do it in nine years there you go <laughs> <laughs> all right joey blackwell at blackwell sports on the twitter account follow him for all sports information and star wars and marvel takes beat writer for the Bama central uh sports illustrated affiliate of the alabama crimson tide joey it's always a pleasure man i'll talk with you next week Absolutely, Jacob. Thank you so much. No problem. Joey Blackwell helping us out. We'll take one final break, come back, and close down the show here on Off the Edge. Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. 
Tide 100.9. Where on earth did he come from? Present movies in the park. Take good care of that old yellow dog. It all happens at Government Plaza on Saturday nights for free. So be sure to bring lawn chairs, blankets, coolers, but no alcohol. Food trucks will be on site. All brought to you by Pepsi, Tuscaloosa Tourism and Sports, and First Baptist Church of Tuscaloosa. This Saturday, June 25th, featuring the movie Old Yeller. Try it again, sister. Old Yeller will bust you wide open. For more details and full movie lineups, swipe open the free Tuscaloosa Thread app. I can go from zero to 60 way too fast. <laughs> Who knew electric vehicle owners were having so much fun? 20 or 30 years ago, I owned a, a gas sports car, and this car is much quicker. It's a great, fun car to drive. When you put your foot on the accelerator, it just goes. They're fun, they're fast, they're efficient. Visit driveelectricalabama.com to learn how you can start having fun driving an electric vehicle. Sponsored by the Alabama Clean Fuels Coalition, the ABA, and this station. The Alabama Securities Commission protects you from financial fraud. Anyone asking you for investment money must be licensed. You're careful with your money. Fraudsters aren't. Before you invest, call our hotline at 1-800-222-1253 to verify the licensing of the person making an offer and the product. Don't lose your hard-earned money. Learn to protect yourself at asc.alabama.gov. Paid for by the Investor Protection Trust and brought to you by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. We aren't going anywhere. Off the Edge is available in the Podcast Center on Tide100.9.com. Here on Off the Ads, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Jacob Harrison here with you. Mason Woods, Nathan Reed, all behind the glass. Joe Gay there as well. Joe brought up a, an excellent point during the break when it comes to this Arch Manning thing. And in case you missed it, Arch Manning has committed to play for the Texas Longhorns. And for me, I don't know about y'all, but for me, this was between Alabama and Texas the whole way. Like, sure. Like, like as we've talked with AJ many, many times, the list is large, but the actual candidates, right? You ever go to go, go to vote, right? I know only 12% of us went to vote the other day, but uh, you ever go to vote and there's like eight names and you only know two of them? Exactly. That, that's how this was. And for, for Arch, he could have a list 30 schools long, this was always between Alabama and Texas, I think. Now, of course, A, that's what I think. That doesn't mean that's what it is. But B, that also has to say a lot about Georgia. How about Kirby Smart not being able to seal the deal on something like this? Kirby Smart is supposed to be, in many, many eyes, one of the best, if not the best, recruiter in college football today. Right? Trying to take that mantle away from Nick Saban. Now, Sure, a Georgia fan could say, well, couldn't you say the same thing about Nick? Maybe, if you want to, as if Nick doesn't have several five stars that have been successful on his resume already, whereas Kirby has zero of those. Uh, not that, not not any that stayed with him, anyway. Justin Fields uh, did not finish his career as a Georgia Bulldog. Uh, so I think you, you kind of step back, you look at Georgia and say, Really? You just won a national championship. You've actually got relatively good skill players at wide receiver, running back, and tight end, and some of the best offensive line recruits to come through on a regular basis. Defense is always on par. Kirby Smart knows what he's doing defensively. No, no one can doubt that. And you finally got over the hump, beat Alabama, won a national championship. 
and you couldn't seal the deal on an Arch Manning who would come in and instantly see to, to Joey's point when he thought the Quinn Ewers was still at Ohio State and something that I had brought up before is if Arch wants to play right now George is probably his best bet he didn't choose George and I'm not so sure that he really even considered Georgia. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like considered, yes. But, like, in those final, who's it really between? I think it was Alabama and Texas. I think it was. And if Georgia can't figure out how to get a quarterback that can actually establish this program, that program, I should say, they're going to have a hard time staying on top of the mountain. I'm going to have a really, really hard time. It'd be no different than what Dabo's doing in Clemson and not adapting to the new age of college football. You have a really hard time moving forward. It's all the time I got. Tomorrow, Joe's going to be sitting in for me. Like I said, I got a trip to Texas tomorrow. Uh, I'll let you know if I see Arch Manning or if, the te- or if Texas shines a little bit brighter, if Texas is back by any means. But uh, I'll see you guys on Monday. The Jay Barker Show is up next here on Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. This is a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 sports update. Former Crimson Tide hoop star and current Cleveland Cavalier, Colin Sexton has been officially cleared for full basketball activity. The young guard went down with a torn MCL just 11 games into the 2021 season. Former Alabama and current world number five golfer has withdrawn from the PGA Tour Travelers Championship in Cromwell, Connecticut. Justin Thomas cites a back injury that caused him to sit out for this weekend's event. And finally, three players from Team 26 have made D1 Softball's 2022 D150 player rankings, which ranks the top players from last season. This has been a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 sports update. For more info on these stories and more, download the Tide 100.9 app. Best. Work is a part of all of us. We know that the world around us has changed, and that's why the Alabama Department of Labor is here to get you back to working hard. Work is a part of all of us. Let us help you get back to it by visiting your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Need is on again today across central Alabama. Little in the way of relief in the form of cooling showers and storms. That'll change by early next week, but mostly sunny in hot conditions today and Friday. 98 today, time high today, 70 tonight, 97 tomorrow. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 95 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Thank you for listening.